You're listening to Maintenance Control, where aviation maintenance professionals come to learn about the latest innovations in our industry. This podcast is brought to you by Aviation Maintenance Magazine, the most read MRO publication in the world. Hi, everyone. Joy Finnegan here, Editor-in-Chief of Aviation Maintenance Magazine. Welcome to the Maintenance Control Podcast. Back in June, ATP, a global information services and software company focused on making flying safer and more reliable, announced it was acquiring FlightDocs to create one of the largest providers of software solutions and information services in the aviation industry. Together, the two say they will deliver powerful cloud-based software solutions for aircraft maintenance tracking, troubleshooting, recurring defect analysis, inventory management, and flight scheduling, combined with a robust library of technical publications and regulatory content. ATP has almost 50 years of experience in providing aircraft technical publications, regulatory information, and connects more than 45,000 professionals to the latest OEM content and airworthiness directives. The company software division, which features products like Chronic X and Spotlight, is a leading provider of repetitive defect and troubleshooting applications focused on reducing operating costs, improving reliability, and supporting technical knowledge sharing. Relative newcomer FlightDocs was founded in 2003 and has grown to be the second largest provider of aircraft maintenance tracking and inventory management solutions within business aviation. ATP says the company's longstanding reputation for revolutionary software and best-in-class support made them an acquisition target and are a great complement to their company. Customers of both ATP and FlightDocs will have access to a comprehensive suite of solutions, and combined, the two companies say they will bring even more innovation and technical capabilities to the business aircraft maintenance, tracking, inventory management, and flight operations software markets. With the addition of FlightDocs, ATP says it will now support 75,000 maintenance professionals across more than 7,500 customers in 137 countries. Further, the team plans to continue investment in the development of new products to serve the greater aviation marketplace, including general aviation, business aviation, commercial aviation, military defense, and OEM markets. With me today to talk about how the integration of the two companies is going is the CEO of ATP, Rick Noble. Rick was appointed CEO three years ago. His background includes 35 years of experience across data, content, and software companies. He has led several digital publishing organizations, holding positions that include CEO of Triumph Learning and Hates Cross Communications, CEO of Blackboard Engage, CEO of Medical Media Holdings, and President and CEO of Thompson Healthcare. He has an MBA from the University of Toronto, and has completed executive education at UCLA and Harvard. He prides himself on a history of creating growth through product and service enhancements, digital transformation, new product development, and acquisitions. Welcome, Rick. Thank you so much for being with us today. Well, it's great to be here, and uh, thanks again for having me, Joy. I think uh, we'd both probably be preferring to do this in person because it would mean things are getting back to normal, but uh, uh, pleasure to be here anyway. Fantastic. Yeah, we're looking forward to those first in-person meetings, aren't we? Well, let's get started. I'm eager to hear about the acquisition process, especially in relation to the current health crisis. 
What was it like negotiating an acquisition during the COVID-19 pandemic? Tell us about that process. Well, it was a little unusual to say the least, as you can imagine. We were actually supposed to have our first in-person meeting with the management team at Flight Talks. I think it was March 13th, right when uh, the, the pandemic started. So we quickly switched that to a Zoom meeting. And then from that point forward, that, that's all we, we had. And of course, uh, you know, in situations like this, there would typically be lots of in-person meetings between management teams and different departments and so on. But we, we had to do it all virtually. But uh, it surprisingly, not as challenging as, as, as I thought it might be. And uh, it all worked out uh, quite well. Great. How has the integration been going? Talk about how you're working through some of those challenges. Well, I, you know, we just kind of touched on one, which is we continue to to meet virtually and, and do everything that way. But I think it really meant we had to have a much more disciplined process just to make sure everything stayed on track. So one of the first things we did was form a, what we call an integration management office, IMO. And we had one person, a fellow from one of our owners, Excel KKR, share that, but uh, we enlisted key people from each functional area. So sales, marketing, product, HR, et cetera. And uh, we came up with lists of all of the things that we felt we had to do. And they went from, you know, span from the fairly obvious and routine, like uh, merging our email systems down to the other end of the continuum where uh, it was a little more complicated, like what joint product opportunities do we have? And people required to to meet regularly and report out regularly, I think has really, really been helpful. And you've also implemented these executive hello sessions. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, uh, that also has has worked out very well. We're actually having uh, the last one of those, the ninth one of those today. And basically, they are more or less weekly. They involve everyone in the company. And what we do is each week, one of the executives heading up, again, a functional area, so sales, marketing, HR, et cetera, uh, reports out on how they work, what the organization looks like, what the current priorities are. So really serves a, a lot of purposes, but the two main ones are one, just everyone in the company has an opportunity to hear what's going on in that area and understand what the organization looks like. But then they also um, have an opportunity to get to know the person heading up that that area. So that's worked out well. I don't know. I, I worried from time to time that people were getting meeting fatigue, but I think it's it's always better to over communicate and make sure people are informed. Right. We had spoken earlier in the uh, integration process. You mentioned that you were planning to be fully integrated by the end of October. Are you still on track for that target date? Yeah, I think yes, companies, absolutely. And then end of October, coincidentally, we're going to be releasing our first uh, joint or collaborative product opportunity. And what that's going to be is you know, pretty pretty obvious one is at that point, we will release some features so that Anyone working, any Flight Docs maintenance customer working within that ecosystem will be able to uh, launch out and get access to the technical publications that, that they need for their aircraft, which, uh, of course, currently reside in the ATP Aviation Hub. So, you know, it's really all about making things easier for our customers. And as they're maintaining aircraft, our, our goal is to give them as much as we can, uh, all the tools they need under one interface to to perform that task so they're able to focus on the maintenance and not on jumping around to different websites or different sources for, for information. So that'll be a big further step in that regard. 
Yeah, it does sound great. That seamless ability to navigate from one section to the other does sound like it would save time and be a very nice efficiency tool. There must be some other things, though, that will change with each business and key elements of each business that you want to make sure remain the same. So can you give us some examples of those things? Well, certainly things we want to remain the same were uh, when we were doing due diligence on flight docks. We, uh, at first, we thought it was kind of an urban legend, but uh, we'd heard that uh, if, you, if you call customer service at flight docks, uh, they guarantee that within two rings, someone answers the phone. And we found out that's true. And we've now are implementing that across all of ATP. We also, uh, we looked at customer satisfaction there for flight docks customers and net promoter scores and so on. And it was just, it was really off the charts. Their, their reputation for that is, uh, is just tremendous. So we not only want to continue that, we want to replicate it and adopt it across uh, all different parts of our business. And then, uh, you know, some things will change too. So there's, you know, there's no need, for example, to have two IT departments and we're merging. I talked about email, but uh, things like benefits and so on. So there'll be some change in that regard as well. And, you know, what we're trying to do is just look at what we've got across the business and just, just take the best of. And so that when we're migrating people over to a new benefit system or 401k or, or email, whatever, uh, we, we try and come up with a solution that's as good or better than the best solution we had before. You mentioned net promoter scores, Rick. Can you explain that to our listeners so they understand what that is and why it's important? Yeah, it's really a measure of how users are feeling about their about your product. Are they promoters? Are they detractors? Are they liable to uh, recommend your product to others or, or, or not? So we actually do that. We, we measure that on a regular basis. I uh, had been doing it with, with ATP for prior to all this with Light Docs, and we'll continue to, to do it going forward. It's just, uh, you know, it's a very important data point on how your customers are feeling about you and your product. And most of our products are subscription-based. So if someone's happy with what they're getting, they're obviously much more inclined to renew. If they're unhappy, then then I think the opposite is true. So we feel that's a very important uh, metric to track. Right. A lot of companies are using that today. Uh, let's Absolutely. Talk, yeah. Let's talk about business. We are almost six months into this pandemic. And so overall, how is business? How are you seeing the impact of the pandemic? Has there been an impact to your business and revenues and growth? I think for us, uh, well, just generally, we feel very fortunate to be in a business where we're providing products with very high ROI. So, um, you know, our customers, if your product is helping them to save money or be more efficient, I think if they're looking for savings, they're likely to look elsewhere. Also, the products that we have, you know, in the scope of owning and maintaining an aircraft, that they're not a big piece of your cost puzzle. So, again, I think if you're looking for savings, you'd you would look elsewhere. But I think to to measure the impact of the pandemic, you really have to look at the different sectors that we serve. So by far and quite predictably, uh, the commercial airline segment of our business has been most impacted. We have a product there called Chronic X, which helps our customers who are mostly uh, commercial airlines identify recurring defects more quickly so that they can jump on those problems and reduce delays and cancellations and so on. So that's that too is a subscription product. We charge by the number of active aircraft. So, you know, American Airlines, for example, 
before the pandemic were flying 950 aircraft, so they would pay more than a, say a Frontier, who's much less than that. But as, uh, as our customers temporarily grounded portions of their fleet, we saw those revenues uh, decline. We're starting to see them come back. But then if you look at business in general aviation, I think initially in the pandemic, there was a, a, a significant reduction in the number of flights as there was on the commercial side. But all parts of aviation uh, maintenance is, isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. And I think in business and general aviation, a lot of our customers took advantage of the lull to do more maintenance on their aircraft. Again, their subscription products are not something you just uh, turn off and on. So that, that has remained fairly strong. And I think as everyone knows, business and general aviation has really come roaring back and is, is uh, in terms of flight hours, I think now it's uh, back to at or above pre-pandemic levels. So. We're happy to kind of serve a portfolio of industry segments because uh, if one happens to be down, then hopefully the, the others will uh, will pick it up. So kind of classic portfolio theory, if you will. Right. And we are seeing those business aviation numbers uh, really rebound. For those who may not know the history of ATP, could you give us a bit of a backgrounder on how the company grew into what it is today? I believe it was founded by a woman named Carol Daniels. ATP as it exists today is a result of Parker Gale, our uh, owners, and, and more recently Excel KKR, acquiring three companies. And the first was uh, ATP, acquired back in December of uh, 2015 or September of 2015, I should say. And uh, and you're right, yeah, the company that company was founded actually almost 48 years ago by Carol Daniels and her father. And that side of the business, what we do is aggregate technical publications from a whole variety of uh, OEMs that serve the business and general aviation markets. And it's really gone through the, the whole um, typical uh, information company transition or evolution from print to microfiche, then CD-ROM. And now, of course, everything's uh, online. But uh, yeah, I think back in the day, 47, 48 years ago, uh, Carol and her father used to fly around airport to airport and, you know, selling their product, which at the time was basically, you know, we'll assemble all of the, that content you need uh, in paper and uh, get it out to you on a regular basis. And uh, really the value proposition has remained the same over all that time in that part of the business, which is, you know, you want to spend, you want to maximize your time spent servicing the aircraft and, and minimize the, the time it takes to put your hands on the publications or the regulatory content to do that. So uh, it's just that the delivery has uh, changed. As I say, we acquired that in September of 2015 and then in December of 2016, we acquired a company called Case Bank in Toronto, which has software products used largely in aviation. We have a couple of non-aviation customers. And I described one of those chronic X when I was talking about uh, the airlines a few minutes ago. And then, of course, the acquisition of Flight Docs in, in June of this year. For the technical publications business, you have a product called the Aviation Hub. What does it do and what are some of the benefits for maintenance professionals? Yeah, so the Aviation Hub is what I mentioned is now how we're, we're aggregating all of those technical publications. Uh, we're doing it all online. Uh, we augment that with uh, regulatory content from the FAA and uh, EASA. We take all of that content, we divide it up into libraries so that you can subscribe to just what you need to service the aircraft that you're working on. So if you're an owner operator, that would be, you know, maybe just a library or two. If you were a large 
MRO servicing lots of different types of aircraft, then you, you, you would have, again, you'd have the opportunity to subscribe to, to lots of different libraries to position yourself to service all those uh, different aircraft. Our customers pay a annual subscription fee for that. And, and then of course we pay our royalties back, royalties back to the OEMs. But it, as I mentioned before, really the value proposition is to put everything at the maintainer's fingertips so that when they're working on those aircraft, they can, uh, you know, whether they're working on the airframe or the wheels and brakes or the engine or the avionics or whatever, all of the content they need to do that is there in one place and, and easy to access. Let's talk about flight docs. What was it about the company that attracted ATP? And what does the platform offer? How does it fit into your other products and services? You did mention that they had very good customer service reputation and so forth. So talk about the reasons that Flight Docs was such a good target for you guys to acquire. Yeah, well, you touched on a couple there. We, we were just really impressed with the reputation in the marketplace for customer service and quality products. Uh, the people there are very impressive. When Parker Gale was looking at ATP five years ago, Flight Docs was uh, on the radar and even back then, and they, they had made a huge amount of progress in terms of growth and uh, enhancing the product in that time. So with them, we just saw a lot of joint product opportunities that made sense to us. I, I mentioned one whereby we'll be allowing flight docs maintenance customers to, to go straight into the aviation hub to get access to the content they need. But there are other opportunities we see. It also uh, kind of rounds out our portfolio of offerings a, a little more. So with the ATP Aviation Hub, we are serving, as I mentioned earlier, by and large, the business and general aviation market. And that's really the same market that uh, Flight Docs has been serving, but in a slightly different way. So whereas with ATP, we had content. Now with Flight Docs, we've got the, the, the tools to uh, provide customers with the ability to keep up with the maintenance, track it, keep it all documented in, in one place and so on. So it's a... Uh, you know, kind of an expansion in the same place, but an ex expansion into an adjacent offering. Yeah, and I can also imagine that that your product, Chronic X, would also have a ready audience in the BizJet market as well. Yeah, we think so. We're, we're doing a little more uh, research into that. But, uh, you know, Chronic X now used by the commercial airlines, you know, just uh, we're very familiar with the statistics there. So I'll, I'll uh, use a few just to illustrate how the product works. So uh, a typical commercial airline generates about 140 uh, pilot reports or maintenance reports per month. So issues that people notice on the aircraft. And 140 doesn't sound like a lot, but if you're running an airline with uh, 250 aircraft, that's suddenly that's 35,000 of these reports per month. So, uh, and just the nature of how they work, you know, uh, aircraft takes off from Chicago and goes to Denver and then on to LA and then on to Singapore or whatever. So a problem might be arising repeatedly and getting fixed, you know, every time or every other time it lands and the, the people working on it really don't know what's gone on before. So it's up to the maintenance control center to, uh, to track those. And uh, obviously a situation like that can get expensive if, if parts being replaced repeatedly or whatever. So with Chronic X, our customers send us all of those pilot and maintenance reports, sometimes several times a day, digitally, of course, and Chronic X sorts through them and whether or not they're coded correctly or incorrectly or not coded at all, we, we can we present our customers with a screen that, that helps them very quickly see something that's happening over and over again. 
So we think there's room for that kind of a product with say corporate flight departments. You know, you get a large company that's operating 10 or 15 or 20 aircraft, kind of the same dynamics exist, right? They, there's a potential for recurring problems and you want to jump on them as quickly as possible. So uh, yeah, we believe that uh, there, there could well be a, um, an opportunity to to create a version of Chronic X for that, and again to offer it up uh, to Flight Docs customers. Now let's talk about the integration again. Will there be a true integration of Flight Docs and the Aviation Hub platform? You touched on this earlier, but if you could just explain it a little bit more in detail, how it will be possible for users of the Flight Docs products to quickly jump into the Aviation Hub and and vice versa. So can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Well, let, let's say you've got some scheduled or unscheduled maintenance that you're, you're working on a particular aircraft and you're, you're in the uh, flight docks maintenance ecosystem to, to track that. And uh, you're having to fix a problem and all of a sudden you need, you need to have a look at the, the technical publication to get more information. Or you've, there's a service bulletin uh, or airworthiness directive for your aircraft. All of that content currently exists in the aviation hub. So giving the flight docs customers, we feel a big time saver uh, as opposed to having to move out of that system and go somewhere else for the, for the content. But we think the reverse will be true as well. So we've got almost 7,000 aviation hub customers in over a hundred countries. And we feel that they're, you know, some of them obviously are uh, flight docs uh, maintenance customers, but we feel there's a good opportunity to, to go the other way as well and to provide the links the other way and, and uh, have our aviation uh, hub customers get access into flight docs maintenance. And the other thing we're very excited about there is uh, flight docs has had done a terrific job of growing and getting new customers, but by and large, it had been in, in North America. With the aviation hub, I mentioned we've got almost 7,000 customers. About a third of those are, are outside of North America. So uh, again, we see that as an opportunity to, um, to take flight docs uh, maintenance abroad and to uh, offer our customers uh, overseas access to that, just as, just as uh, our customers here in the U.S. are using it. Great. I think you may have touched on this before, Rick, but let me know when your customers can expect this seamless integration to be complete. So we're on track with that, uh, that being the, the link from Flight Docs into the Aviation Hub for the end of October. So the end of, uh, I guess I can say the end of next month, right? And I can't believe it's September, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's looming. Um, some of the other things that we talked about, like maybe a version of Chronic X for Flight Docs uh, customers is a, a little farther out. We don't have a date uh, set for those uh, for that as yet. We're just really focused on this uh, this first release coming at the end of October. So it sounds like you have a broad mix of solutions for aircraft owners, operators, and MROs. I imagine you also work closely with the OEMs. Can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with them? Sure. So I, uh, prior to Flight Docs uh, joining with us, we really worked with the OEMs on two fronts. So one we've touched on, which is uh, we would go to them and license their content to put it up in the aviation hub and, and uh, you know, uh, include it in some of the libraries we have there. And then we pay royalties back to the OEMs. Uh, the thought being we take the, the burden of having to do all of that off of them and uh, allow them to reach their customers more easily. The other thing we've done with OEMs historically 
is something I, I hadn't touched on, but I mentioned with Case Bank, the company we acquired in Toronto, that uh, there were two software products. So Chronic X was one. And then they have another product called Spotlight, which is a, a diagnostic uh, tool that helps maintainers identify problems uh, more quickly based, based on symptoms. So, uh, you know, these these two red lights are on, this other thing is happening, and then uh, Spotlight will, will help the maintainer figure out what's going on uh, much more quickly. So we have relationships with uh, a number of OEMs, uh, Gulfstream, Pratt & Whitney Canada, Lockheed Martin uh, as examples, where they're using Spotlight on their products. And in some cases, they use it instead of creating the fault isolation manual. So just a, a you know a, a really a fault isolation manual on steroids, if you will. So those were our two main points of contact with OEMs in the past. Uh, now with Flight Docs, we've got a, a even more comprehensive story. So we, we're going into, uh, especially in business and general aviation, going into uh, OEMs now saying not only can we make your publications available through the Aviation Hub, for example. But we also have flight docs and we can work with them to provide that product to their customers so that when someone buys a new aircraft from Textron or, or whomever, it comes now with a maintenance program and we ensure that their customers have a, a product that they can use to maintain and, and keep records of that maintenance uh, from day one. Interesting. So it, it sounds like you have a very close relationship with many of the OEMs and this idea that they are kind of looking to you all as an exclusive distributor of technical content is very interesting. Why do you think that's happening? You know, I, I think a lot of our OEM partners would say that their core competency is in designing and building great aircraft. So distributing technical publications and taking customer service calls and augmenting content with regulatory information, building tools that users of our content can utilize to make all of that much easier and more efficient. You know, that, that's really, uh, that's our core competency. And I think a lot of OEMs say, you know, it's just, just easier to leave that to uh, a third party you know, just as I'm sure they don't, they don't build their own laptops or uh, uh, other things that uh, other companies do well. I think they, they look to us for, for that too. And as I mentioned, with the Hub, for example, we've got thousands of customers all over the world. It, it takes a lot of infrastructure to, to be out there like that and to service those customers and so on. So I think a lot of OEMs are, are happy to, to leave that to someone else. And for many of them, quite frankly, we, we help them turn what may have historically been a cost center into a revenue generator for them. Sounds like there's interesting room for growth there as well. Yeah, we think so. And, you know, the in these tough times, and again, like we were talking about earlier, I think it's been a, a mixed bag in terms of how the pandemic has affected various OEMs. But, uh, you know, there are, we're all looking for cost efficiencies uh, all the time, maybe more so right now than uh, than ever. So we just try to position ATP so that we can offer them some options to, to be more efficient and to, to save costs and, and maybe to take some various burdens off of them onto ourselves. Absolutely. Really crucial right now for just about anybody in aviation. Do you think that the maintenance software market for business aviation is going to be changing dramatically over the coming year and why? Yeah, I think it will. Uh, 
will change over the coming year, I think, uh, and years, plural. But as software becomes more sophisticated, you know, we were in recent past years, there's been a lot of advancement in terms of mobile solutions and, and being able to do things on, on tablets and, and so on. I think we'll see more of that continue. I think integration, which we've touched on a lot in, in this discussion, where we're, we're bringing more tools and more content into the same interface, again, just to make, make things easier so that you don't have to go around to different sources to get different, different information. And I think, you know, uh, competition's a wonderful thing. And, and uh, I think we've turned the heat up uh, on that in our space. So I think everybody who's in this market will have to be more innovative going forward uh, as a result of that. And, you know, the net winner and all of that, of course, is the customer. Do you think the OEMs feel pressured into this or do they want to have control? No, I don't think. I mean, it's it's their option whether or not to participate in some of our programs. I don't think they feel any pressure, you know, in terms of the aviation hub, as I mentioned earlier, I think uh, a lot of them are happy to have an alternative for distribution of their publications. There are a few who maintain their own portals where they offer up just their own content. So they're, you know, that they have that option as well. In terms of uh, maintenance products, you know, many of business and general aviation OEMs offer buyers of their aircraft a maintenance system to go along with the plane when, when they buy. And I think, you know, historically, those relationships have uh, often been exclusive. But I think we're seeing a shift now where the OEMs would prefer to offer their customers a choice. You know, here are a couple or three maintenance packages. We've, we've looked at them all. They, we think they're all fine and, and they get, they're giving their customers a choice. So I don't, I don't think they feel any pressure other than they're, they're just interested in figuring out what, what the best thing is for their customers. And I think offering them choices is, uh, you know, is all part of that. Right. Choices are always good. Rick, thank you so much for taking the time today to talk to us about how the integration of your two companies is going into this one greater whole of ATP. You have a lot going on. It's great to see a company that is positioning itself for the future by adding these new capabilities and functionality. The optimist in me sees the industry rebounding stronger than ever. Uh, my fingers are crossed, uh, although it may take some time, but I believe it's really beginning to happen. It sounds like you all are not only preparing to be ready for anything, you already are. Good luck to you and everyone at ATP as you go forward with this integration. We look forward to following the developments as they occur. Please keep us posted. And thank you so much again for joining us, Rick. Well, thank you for your time, Joy. And as we talked about at the top, hopefully we uh, the next time we get together, it's in person because we'll, it'll mean that uh, uh, we're returning to a bit of normalcy. Looking forward to it, Rick. Take care. All right. You too, Joy. Thanks for listening to the Maintenance Control Podcast, a production of Aviation Maintenance Magazine, the most read MRO publication in the world. Subscribe at www.avm-mag.com.